figure out who you want to talk to. Learn their language. Find out where those people hang out and talk to them. And then talk to them more and tell them more and give them more and listen to them. This is like one of the biggest things. Listen to them with like your heart and your soul. Because in the space I work in, it's entrepreneurs who are working in a silo. They're often lonely. Their family doesn't understand what they're doing. Oftentimes, like me, they told they're going to fail. But success is just right around the corner if they maybe knew a little bit more. If somebody just empowered them with a little bit of knowledge. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creators Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Creators Playbook podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend Donna Reed, entrepreneur, solo virtual bookkeeping business owner and content creator. Today Donna's going to be sharing some of her tips and tactics of how she built a seven-figure business using content creation. Let's get right to it. Donna, thank you for joining us today. Really excited to have you here at Kajabi headquarters. Thank you very much. Well, let's just get the ball rolling and start chatting about like your elevator pitch, who you are, what do you do for all of our listeners who don't know you? Sure. Well, I am, first of all, first and foremost, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So that's what I do. That's what I've been since I've been 11 years old. I'm also a solo virtual bookkeeping business owner and I'm a content creator. I basically took all my knowledge from all my many years of working in business, being an entrepreneur, creating successful businesses and some epic failures. Take all those lessons and put them together into creating my solo virtual bookkeeping business so that I can help other business owners just like me who are entrepreneurs working in their lonely silos, um, feeling like no one understands what's going on and helping them understand their numbers and empower them so they can then take their numbers and make themselves successful. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to I, I want to hear about uh, what's your f- favorite failure uh, that you'd love to chat about. <laughs> I, I had one that failed, but it ended up being a success, too. But this is actually my favorite one because I put like my most heart and soul into this business. I bought a little auto repair company. It was called Car Tech Tech. Mm-hmm. So I was going there. It's just a little one, three bays, whatever it had. And I knew what I, I knew a little bit of mechanics, not a lot. So but over the the what uh, over the time I had it. I documented everything, documented all our systems and processes. Everything was documented. And in these two binders, it drove my mechanics nuts because I said, no, we do it the same way every time over and over the same way for this car, this car, this car. I documented everything. Well, I couldn't keep it going because at the time we were having employee issues. The cars were changing. We were heading from hybrid electric. And that was just something that I couldn't overcome in my little world uh, by myself in my little silo. So. I closed the business, let everyone go. But what happened was one of the international auto parts makers knew that I was there and knew that I was selling more parts than anyone else in my classification. And he was wondering how I was driving business. 
So he came down and visited me when I was clearing it out and asked me how I drove business to the company. And I, I explained it to him. Then I sold, showed him all the, uh, the books I had, all the systems and processes and how I had sold to the corporate world. And they thought that was so neat that they ended up buying those books and then hiring me for a year to help them implement it into their company. So Amazing. that was a failure that turned into an excess, but it was a very, very long uh, month of stress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that well, that's exciting. I mean, yeah. it's not every time that those failures do turn into such a success. Well, it sounds like you have been essentially full time out this. We're talking about 11 years old. This was early. But yep. uh, was that the moment that you decided you were an entrepreneur? When did you realize that you wanted to really pursue this this, I guess, interesting life path? So I sort of already, I don't remember exactly when, I kind of always knew. So when I was 11, my brother had this newspaper route. This is back in the day when we delivered newspapers, a little town newspaper that went out twice a, twice a week, I believe. There was only boys doing it. And I said, well, I want to do this too. And of course, at that time, it was all cash under the table kind of thing. I want to do this too. So I fought and fought and fought and got in and they gave me the worst route with the worst people. The whole thing, you had to go down a hill and up a hill. It was it was horrible. And you had to do this at 4 a.m. before school. So after a while, I figured it out and got my efficiencies down. I'm 11 now. So I'm figuring out how I can do it better, faster, so I can get back and get on time to school because we had to drive to school. So I got better and better. And then I figured out I could get everyone on an annual subscription so I didn't have to go every month to collect. And I made more money. And it was recurring. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was then just really great customer service. So I did that. Then the boys started dropping off and they were giving really bad customer service and all these things just started happening. So they were I was vying to get those routes. So what I would do is get those routes and work them myself. Then I would start hiring the boys back as a 11, 12 years old. I'm hiring them back to manage the do the routes. They didn't have to collect money. I would just pay them off at the end of the route. And they all come to my house and get everything. Everything was delivered there. So the, the people in charge loved it because they only had to go to one place. The boys got paid right away. I got everything done. All I had to deal with was the customer service. So it worked out great. And I put everyone on annual. The company loved it. I was doing well. I didn't have to do any of the work. By that time, I was just managing and sending them out the doors on their bikes. <laughs> I'm like 11, 12 years old doing this. I love so this. it was it was fun. That was a good time. My parents were like dying. They couldn't believe I was doing this. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, maybe even just let's fast forward a little bit into the future. Um, you know, since we're going to be talking about content, I'd love to maybe just understand where did content come into play in terms of impacting whatever entrepreneurial venture that you were on at that point in time? Really, content came into play really with my solo virtual bookkeeping business. That's really where I stepped it up because now I was solo. I didn't have a team or anybody else. Um, I really didn't pay that much attention to it before. Business was being driven by other people and measures. So I didn't pay attention to it at all. But when I went out and struck out completely on my own, running everything solo, that's when I'm sort of like, oh, I got to do this content creation. thing. I got to figure this out and I got to figure out how to do it in my own voice. And how am I going to deliver it to people? And this is the world where like, I didn't even understand how social media worked when I started. It's been about 10 years now. I didn't understand, know how to use a phone. I didn't know anything about it because other people were doing it for me. So that's where it came in. That's how I'm like, OK, if I just tell people little tips, maybe maybe they'll read it and maybe they'll see me. Um, so I just did. I started sending emails. Um, I started giving little tips, just posting them. Um, I think I was using LinkedIn. I didn't even have a website when I started my business. All those kinds of, you know, I just started. That's all I did was I just started and then I just found tools as they came into existence. They didn't even exist 
half the tools that I use. Yeah. So I actually know surprisingly little mm-hmm. about social. I'm in the process of trying to utilize it more and more. Uh, was there any, uh, like what gave you the inclination to get started or actually know where to start too? But like, were you, did you already have your business up and running? Like, was there something that you had in mind that you wanted to get out of that, that social um, effort? Yeah, I wanted to get clients. I needed money in the door. So the only way I knew how to get money in the door was to talk to people. But the people where I lived didn't want to pay the prices that I wanted to charge. So I had to attract people from all over the country that were willing to pay that amount. Plus, I was at home. And at the time, I wasn't able to go out. There was not like a lot of opportunity. So I just created a way to talk to people and find them. So I was finding people all over the country. Virtual bookkeeping was not a thing when I started. 2014, everyone said it wouldn't work. Everyone said no one's going to trust someone who's not in their office. Everyone said, you know, no one's going to pay you those rates. Guess what? In, In like two weeks with social, I was able to get my first client. And in my first year, I did 100,000. Amazing. And that was me not knowing anything and not using Kajabi or having a website at the time. Wow. So if I could do it with that, I could do it with actual tools. Yes. Well, (laughs) let's just get right into it. I want to know for our listeners, what is the playbook that you're going to share and uh, and why should people listen to you? But I I know we are I've we've kind of answered this out the gate. You've managed to build a seven figure business off of a content strategy. So your accolades are well known. But any other humble brags uh, (laughs) that you'd like to share? So, yeah. So um, one thing is, you know, the Kajabi platform really stepped it up for me because here's the thing. Emails are the gold. Emails are the things that that will get you the connection right to someone that you want to talk to. And it doesn't matter who they are. They will see it eventually. And then the emails you send plus the blog will give you the credibility. And if they see it enough times on social, they'll start to, whether it's true or not, believe the credibility and they'll, then they'll come to you. And then you just give them a way to reach you. You give them a link to reach you, an email address, something, a calendar link, something to get them to reach you. And once they reach you, then you can do your sales. Well, consider me your your protege, your student, if you will. Tell me, like, if the question is, where should I get started if I want to start building up um, an audience with content? How would you break that down? Uh, and maybe even just thinking through your journey, what are the steps that you took to build that successful content strategy? So the steps I did really was one email at a time. To be honest, it was really one email at a time. It was people reaching out to me for things, me putting uh, content up. So the first place I put content up was on LinkedIn and people reached back and I asked them for their email address to get on my list. So and I would email them every week was a new tip. So that was the first way I got emails. I got emails through creating Facebook groups, through the profiles, things like that. I got emails from going to, you know, you have to go out every once in a while, uh, going to networking meetings going to conferences, going to um, conventions of the people that I wanted to um, I wanted to work with. So you have to start with knowing who your audience is and start finding those people where they hang out. So once I got my first client and I knew that was the type of person I wanted, I would go find out where they hung out and went there, too. So one strategy is uh, go go to places. So if you want to talk to a bunch of entrepreneurs, go to conferences where there's entrepreneurs. (laughs) They don't have to be big either. Mine are small. Yeah, I like the smaller ones. I get more I get more activity and engagement. 
Yeah. Well, you're hitting hitting home for me. It's something that I've been talking about as well in my own personal entrepreneurial journey of really figuring out and identifying who my audience is. So really great uh, first step in the playbook. So once I nail that one down, what's kind of the next strategy to continue to amp up my game with content? So once you know who your audience is, then you need, need to learn how to talk to them. Their language, what they know in, in my world, which is accounting and bookkeeping, my language in that world scares people. That scares people. So what I do is I translate that language into stuff that they can understand and then empower them with that knowledge. So I give a lot of tips. I translate the terms, what they're going to be talking, you know, what they need to know. Um, you know, the word tax scares everybody. We're in a tax deadline all the time. Basically, there's always a tax deadline for something. So, you know, I reach out to them and I let them know, hey, it's not that bad. Do these three things and you will be OK. Or here's how you plan. Or it's the end of the year. Uh, talk to someone. For a few hundred dollars, you talk to someone, it could save you thousands. I've learned this myself. This is another failure on my own part in my other businesses is I know that if I, the times I didn't get some tax planning advice that I, I was hurting, it was bad. <laughs> Definitely a good bonus, <laughs> yeah. uh, bonus uh, step bonus in the flow there for you. <laughs> get the advice early on when you're starting a business. Yep. Um, I, I would reflect that as well. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly no fun if you're just starting to think about it on April uh, 15th. <laughs> um, yep. So after I've I've uh, started my content journey and I've started talking to my specific audience, I found them. I have now began to learn their language, understand their problems. What's next? So once you do that, then you can start um, offering, you know, you don't want to tell them how to, but you want to give them tips, pointers that they can go look at. You want to make sure that you are credible. So, you know, put that credibility out there. Tell them you can help them and how you can help them. Um, give them all those those kinds of things. Put out information. You don't have to give away the store, but give away a little bit so they can go do something on their own. And when they mess it up, which happens um, in the people I talk to, they'll come back to you. So another thing you can learn also is the software tools that they use in their industry. The software tools that I know are not in the accounting and bookkeeping industry, but I know tool. I know Kajabi. That's not in the industry at all, but I know the back end of it and how it works. So I understand it. So a lot of my clients actually use Kajabi. Understand what they're doing in their industry and how it's working. And it's moving and changing so quick that you have to keep up with all that, too. So be engaging and give them tips about stuff in their industry they may not know. I want to talk a little bit about um, your overall approach to uh, there's different different opinions. Sometimes people say you need to post every day, three times a day. Other people, it's once a week, once a month. What is what is the right answer to this one? <laughs> there's no right answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think it's you. Um, I send out an email every Sunday at 4 a.m. to very specific group of people that sign up to be on my email list. It's called my Sunday emails. That group has grown from like 100 people to over 10,000, I think. Those people get my tips. They get advice. Mostly, most of them are bookkeepers. And I do have a, a group for virtual bookkeepers who seek out my expertise. And they they write back to me. They join my paid groups. They, um, you know, they interact with me. And if I miss that, they're like, what happened? Where are you? Are you okay? So that's one of the strategies I use. Another one I have going right to my clients, right in their inbox, telling them of my new services, just little tips, deadlines, things like that, reminders, stuff like that. If I have a new skill that I can share with them. So all that goes in there. I have a blog that goes out uh, once a week. Um, they don't go out every week, I have to say. Those, those two don't go out every week. They might go out every other week. Then um, 
we don't really have a schedule. So behind the scenes, here's a little bit of a, <laughs> it breaks down a lot. We're working on it, but you know, I'll post up stuff every so often of um, a blog that I've written that I think it might be timely. So if it's a blog about tax planning, that will go up right now. The good thing um, about content is that once you have it written and in your blog, you can repost it on your social media. Those links are the other gold you have because it doesn't have to go out the same day that you wrote it. It can go out a few weeks later if you make it evergreen. And I know what that means. Make it so it works wherever or adjust it when you need to. I had to pull down a lot of my stuff when COVID hit and rework it. But it was, you know, I threw it in an AI tool and it reworked it for me. Very nice. <laughs> so make it easier for yourself. Put put a bunch up. Yeah. And you can reuse those all the time. And you see people do it all the time. Change out the graphic. So it's a title, thumbnail, graphic, you know, the graphic and the hook. You can change those out all the time. And I do it all the time. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, I have to ask, uh, you went from 100 to 10,000. How long did it take uh, to grow that? Years, years, years. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's not easy, Um, especially the way I do it. I'm not like a master at getting like, you know, leads or people on the email list. I'm not like buying lists. I'm like one by one. I'm meeting people along the way. People are getting sent my opt-in link. I built an opt-in link. So that's one thing you need to have and put it posted everywhere. People like your stuff, they'll opt in. So yeah, some people join all the time. They're probably joining right now. They just get it off whatever I'm doing at the time. We have a group going right now, just a seasonal group, and they get my opt-in link. Uh, a little bit selfish. And if you remember, uh, you know, I know this is a long ways back, but how about from zero to 100? Like that's kind of the point of the journey I'm on. I don't know about our listeners, but like getting those first few content to contacts I've noticed has been a very slow moving, moving process. Uh, how long did it take you to get like to where you felt like you had some critical momentum? You know, when I started, I was just like everyone else out there. I just asked, I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to put out this email can you be on my list and tell me, give me feedback. So it didn't take me long to get a hundred people to say yes. If I just, you know, was authentic and that's what most of my stuff is. It's very authentic. The emails that I write on Sundays are personal. Sometimes I write the stories about my life and what's going on, the bad week I had or the good week I had or the weird week I had, you know, so I was just authentic and I just said, Hey, I'm going to send emails out. They might have some tips in it. Might be a story, whatever. Uh, is in there and people would give me their emails. Sure, I'll, I'll read it. Sure. And I don't get that many unsubscribes. The people that unsubscribe were never going to do anything anyways. And what I'm trying to build is, you know, authentic relationships with people. So again, you're building a relationship. You're having a conversation with one person. A lot of times that's how I write it. I just don't know which one of those 10,000 people I'm going to I'm going to hit that week. Some weeks I, I don't get any replies and some weeks I get a load of replies. This week I got like 10 replies. I don't remember what I wrote about, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, yeah, they, they could empathize with what I, so, you know, writing to one person helps a lot too. Well, let's talk about um, where in the journey or where, what was it that made you realize that you needed a tool like Kajabi to help you along the way in your business? Oh yeah. So I saw someone demo it and I went, oh my gosh, I could have my website, my emails, everything there with the links. And I could put the hooks in and all that. And so there was so much stuff I didn't know anyways. I just knew website emails. That's basically all I knew. And then Kajabi started filling in the blanks for me. And I'm like, I'm going to invest in this because I see like, right. And it's an investment. I consider Kajabi an investment. I could build my website on it. And I've gone through three rebrands on it. So we're learning skills. (laughs) We've got skills down now. And we're still, we tweak it every week. So I knew like, this was like 2018 when I saw it. 
Because okay. I was cobbling together a bunch of different things and Kajabi solved a lot of problems in one and I could see the future with it. And it's grown so much since then. There's stuff in there. I haven't barely touched it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go look at this, look at that. So it's trying to just find the time to make things work. <laughs> but it does the things I needed to do for now. And there's yeah. more. Yeah, and I, I love just that. launched a whole bunch of new stuff that I haven't even touched yet. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, uh, let's go ahead and just one more time. I'm putting you on the spot to break down that that content playbook again. Like as someone who is going on this journey, I'm doing this too. Like uh, just re-breaking that down. So we talked about starting with figuring out who your key audience is. Yeah. So figure out who you who you want to talk to. And it can be a couple different people, by the way. Just figure out who they are. Learn their language. Uh, find out where they hang out. That doesn't have to mean they're hanging out in a specific particular place. They might be hanging out online in Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and whatever groups are out there. There's like Reddit. There's a ton of things that I don't even know about. Discord's another one. Find out where those people hang out and talk to them and they'll give you their email address. They will. I, I ask for it all the time or I give them my opt in. A lot of times now I'm just giving them my opt in. I just post that now just because it's easier and because I'm in so many different places. So get those people and then talk to them more and tell them more and give them more and listen to them. This is like one of the biggest things. Listen to them without your um, your judgment on it. When you listen to them, don't put your preconceptions of them or what they're doing or things like that on top of it. Listen to them with like your heart and your soul and what they're talking about. Because in the space I work in, it's entrepreneurs who are working in a silo they're often lonely. Their family doesn't understand what they're doing. Oftentimes, like me, they t- told they're going to fail, but they just like success is just right around the corner. If they maybe knew a little bit more, if somebody just empowered them with a little bit of knowledge or somebody just said, yeah, you got it. Go ahead. So I often have conversations with my clients and colleagues about, you know, not about actually what bookkeeping or numbers. It's about what's your next step? How about this? You know, my clients come to me for numbers, but what I give them is like just happiness. They're like, they're happy when they get off the calls for because they know that someone can empathize with what they're doing and the loneliness that they have behind the scenes because no one understands it. So if you can do that, if you can translate what people behind the scenes are doing and empathize with their situations, then that's the gold too. That's the gold that will all day long make you more credible, make people reach out to you. Yeah, I love that. And I think that really segues well um, into one of the last questions we have for you is uh, what would you do or what advice would you share for someone who's maybe just considering taking that entrepreneurial leap right now? Maybe thinking of maybe some of your many uh, failures (laughs) and successes over the years. What tips do you have? Just start. That's all you have to do. Just start and take one small step at a time and move yourself forward. Uh, You can do it one small. That's what I did. When I decided to do this and everyone said, no, it's going to fail. I only had three people behind me that said, that said, you're going to be fine. You're going to do it great. It was my husband and my two kids and they picked up the slack and I just worked and took one step forward every day to what my goal was going to be. And it took it one minute at a time to one hour at a time to one day at a time and just kept moving forward. And really that is, that's the key. Just start. And I do it all the time. Still, I still have to just start all the time. Because like doing things like this put me out of my comfort zone. So um, that's another biggie too. The yeah. comfort zone thing. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your own way. Well, that, that, that I think yeah. wraps it up. It's almost like step zero <laughs> of the playbook you shared earlier. You got to take that first step and start 
find that audience um, who's interested in hearing about what you have to say, learning to understand and speak their language, understand their problems. And I think the final step was collect their email. (laughs) Always, always get their email. Yes. Always get then communicate. Yep. You got to always get their email, but do something with it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for taking the time, stepping out of your comfort zone and sharing with our audience some of your tips. Um, I know that I'm like a little bit starstruck in a way because I want to figure out how to create a seven seven figure business off of content. Um, So I'm going to be putting some of these steps into action myself. But thank you again for taking the time to join us. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Well, for anyone who's listening, who maybe is interested, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs. I know you offer bookkeeping services for entrepreneurs. Where should they maybe if they want to consume some of your tips, where should they find you? So, yeah, definitely. So it's DonnaReed.com. That's it. I love it. On there, I have a bunch of stuff on there. You can reach out to me and schedule discovery calls. You can see all my tips and my blogs and uh, you can opt in on my email list, too. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we of course have all that in our show notes for you. Thank you again for listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Creator Playbook Podcast.